I'm Courtney. And I'm Allison. And we're Courtney and Allison, and this is the Double X-Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X-Files. Today, Allison, it's going to be about Monday. Oh, boy, get your lasagna. Oh, kick a dog across the floor and say, fuck you to your owner. Tell, tell your owner that he's sad and he'll never find love. Tell Nermal he's a piece of shit. Uh, Nermal is a piece of shit. <laughs> he is a piece of shit. Now, who's the long neck sexy cat lady? I need to get this straight. Arlene? Her name is Arlene. Yes, correct. Why her neck look like that? Because mm, it's sexy. <laughs> ah, so in the cat world, it's important to have a real long, sensuous neck. Courtney, it's so vital. So this isn't about actually sexy cats, though I wish it was. So sad. (laughs) It's about the X-Files and how we have to relive, um, I'm going to say 50 minutes of the X-Files over and over and over again. It's actually like our nightmare. It was like... This this is the third level of hell, just watching 10 minutes of the X-Files over and over and over again. Yeah. Let's read the Wikipedia descriptiono of episode something something, season six, Monday. A bad day spins out of control for Mulder and Skelly when they find themselves powerless. Powerless? No. (laughs) Powerless? Scully was. (laughs) All the ladies? Yes. Mulder? Uh Uh-uh. Men? Fine. (laughs) They're okay, like always. They're just okay. Yeah, this was a great example of how, you know, that thing we always talk about, about how Mulder's always right and Scully's always just like, eh, eh, in the dark. Though, I do have to say, this cold open, I do want to just hone into this cold open. Okay. Because it has, ooh, three big points that I just really want to get into. Uh, number one. We see uh, Skinner coming uh, out of his meeting, out of the FBI building, mm-hmm. and he there's something going on at the bank, uh-huh. so he runs. Now, I want you to close your eyes, Space Cadets, and also Allison, and just watch that FBI-grade duster just f- furrowing in the wind as Walter Skinner just jogs just strides across the road. It was moving art. (laughs) You're really peeping the details on this one. (laughs) Peeping the deets, as you say. Well, here's the thing. There's literally 15 minutes of this episode played over and over and over (laughs) again. So I got to hone in on the good stuff. That's number one. The the very good thing that happened in the cold open and probably happened maybe once or twice again. But this cold open really just struck me. Um... (laughs) The other thing, point two I want to talk about in this cold open is actually my background boys, and we actually do not see them again. Really? This shot was only used once and never again, which is odd for a show that has the Grand Hog Day effect. You would think they would use this over again. So 
this shot, it is probably like a two-second shot. We go from Skinner looking very hot and concerned to, I'm going to say two police officers, two SWAT officers. And they're on a ledge by the bank. And they are raising what looks like to be a waffle iron on a stick. (laughs) Just waving around the window. And they look like they're doing their job real right. They're working real hard. Mm. I don't know exactly what the Waffle Iron is doing in this exact scenario, but I'm sure they're professionals. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So they're my background boy. We never see them again. You know why we never see them again? Why? Because it's cold open is the only time that we're not seeing stuff from Mulder's perspective. Oh, that's why it's so good. And nobody else matters, you know, when we see stuff from Mulder's perspective, so. That's true. It's almost as if Mulder is a surrogate for Chris Carter, and he wants us just to see his point of view. Well, now, I will tell you, this episode was written by Vince Gilligan and Josh Shaban. Both of them. (laughs) Okay. What's your third thing? Oh, well, it's not, like, a good thing. It's just, like, not a surprising thing. We go in. There's some kerfuffle. We go into the bank. The the camera view goes into the bank. And Mulder's got his fucking shirt off. Like, just has managed to take that fucker off within two seconds of the show opening. And he's been shot, which I love. So we can see the dad bod, but also that he's been mortally wounded and will probably be rid of him soon. So that's great for me personally. (laughs) Um, Anyway, there's a bomb and yada, yada, yada. That's the end of the cold open. Can we, for a second, can we talk about the the bomber? Can we talk about this bomber, Allison? Yes, we can. He is, he's the child of Adam Driver and Norman Reedus. Oh my god, he is! <laughs> uh-huh. Because I felt that intense Norman Reedus as soon as I looked at him, but I didn't know who the other parent was, and it is Adam Driver. It is absolutely Adam Ooh, Driver. That was really good, Allison. Thank you. Brava. <laughs> okay, can you take us through the first day, after the cold open, the first day... Um, and what we see from Mulder's perspective. Yeah. So Mulder wakes up. He's extremely damp. <laughs> As, like, par usual, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, his waterbed has sprung a leak. Ugh. And it's just pissing everywhere. Um, <laughs> there I- is, there is a shot. When you say pissing everywhere, there is a shot where he sits up. And the camera is angled as if the the water spout is coming out of the tip of his dick. And it is very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he puts his feet down onto the wet carpet. And I will say, every time we saw this shot, it gave me, like, wet carpet ASMR. <laughs> now, is that a sexual thing or? No, just a just a sensation. Ooh, it was kind of like floaty, like the car- carpet was coming off out, off of the uh, the hardwood or whatever. Yeah, it was so like viscerally squishy. <laughs> Ooh, and you got that over and over and over again. Just over again, yeah. So mm. he gets up, he's upset, he gets a pot, 
for the the bed to piss in. He realizes his alarm is shorted out, and then he unplugs it because he loves electrical hazards. Uh, his phone isn't working because it's also damp, so he needs to put that in rice. Um, and he looks at his watch, and it says Monday, as it will, again and again and again and again, until we all scream, we get it, it's Monday. You know, the most upsetting part of this isn't the well the the bed piss is very good and humorous i you know i am a child of visual piss gags like that mm-hmm. it is the most upsetting part of this is who the fuck wears white linen pj pants oh my god you're so right what a look <laughs> what <laughs> who went to fucking abercrombie and finch went to the sale rack mm, i'm gonna need some white like off-brand linen just something that's gonna really form fit around my butt just really gonna pop you know it's gonna make me look like someone who's been in the hospital for days (laughs) (laughs) oh the one good part is when he trips over his own shoes that he left in the middle of the floor and then the pot he's holding hits him in the head i did like that (laughs) yeah i did like that and i did like that we got to see that now um you we're going to probably bring this up at one point and I want to bring it up here. Uh so you mentioned last episode when you predicted this episode you mentioned the supernatural episode is it was it Tuesday? Yeah, pig in a poke. Pig in a poke. Um and I actually rewatched that episode. Oh nice. How was it? Yeah. Oh, it was really really good cuz I wanted to do this kind of comparison of of this Groundhog's Day trope. And I assume that since Supernatural was named Tuesday, they kind of took homage from this one. I assume. Mm, I don't know. But what was nice about the Supernatural one is it even though it was even though it was the same day over and over again, it was not predictable. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's what I liked about it. And also I liked that they, they had a lot more fun with it where they did, like, quick cuts and stuff. Yes. Um, also, I think in the Supernatural one, did they get to see things from other people's perspectives? Yes. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the The other thing that I was actually kind of willing, because of the kind of shots of the shoes, the shots of the pot, the shots of the water... Um, the shots of the electrical, like the water being spurted on the electrical outlet. Mm-hmm. I thought that Mulder was going to die in different ways because that was all being set up for us. Oh, yeah, because those are all like ways that he definitely could have died. <laughs> yeah. Mulder, Mulder gets electrified by fucking pulling out that thing. Mulder falls through the ceiling because the water has soaked through. Like, no, instead Mul- he's just a fool. <laughs> Mulder, like, he trips over his own shoes and breaks his fucking neck. Like, those would have been actually more interesting things to kind of set the audience on, like, oh my gosh, this isn't actually, like, we're expecting the same thing over and over again, but it isn't. Yeah. Um, And I was waiting for it, and it just never happened. Hmm. True. Blech. Um, I will say that there, this waterbed appearing is a rare moment of continuity for the X-Files. <laughs> right? Remember, because Mulder switched bodies with that other guy, and that other guy bought a lascivious waterbed, and and Mulder still has it. Yeah, he still has that weird sex mirror. And he doesn't know why. 
Now, what's really odd is the continuity comes with Mulder's side, but not with Scully's side, because she says he comes to the office and says, "Oh, he's late because his waterbed is is leaking," and she says, "You have a waterbed," but she sat on that waterbed. Yeah, but she all those memories got erased. Really? What? Yeah, Wait, at the end what? of that episode, all those memories got erased. Oh, as if all that stuff right. had never happened. Oh, you're fucking right. Yeah, I am. Oh God. I thought I caught continuity errors, but really, I was hoisted by my own batard. Indeed. So, Scully says, you have a meeting, Mulder. And Mulder's like, well, I gotta drop this check off at the bank to pay the damage deposit of my piss bed. And so, he's gonna go to the bank, and when he gets to the bank, there's a robbery. Yep. Now... I actually looked into this, and I listen to a lot of uh, true crime podcasts. Like, do you remember when bank robbery was, like, happened a lot? Yeah. It happened a lot. It used to happen all the time. I don't know why it stopped. Uh, Maybe because people can now steal more money through fraud? Uh, oh, yes, online. That's right. <laughs> you know what? You're right. On, uh, bank robberies pretty much stopped because you could get money online now. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if that's true, but it it seems like a correlation. Maybe a causation? Who knows? Who knows? The other thing I was thinking about today with this whole bank robbery thing is just how many fucking plane hijacks there were in the 70s. Yeah. Just all the fucking time. You need, like, a thousand dollars? Go hijack a plane. They'll give it to you. Right? It was so, so, so common. It was oddly common. Was it D.B. Cooper that set the trend? Uh, well... Or was he just part of it? He was part of it. Um, I'm actually gonna recommend a podcast. It's called Criminal. Um, they do a two-podcast series about one of the guys in the 70s who basically hijacked a plane and the guy they interview him from jail um and it just seemed like it was the thing to do because air pilots and airline airlines airlines (laughs) were trained to say like if this happens you just do what they say and the insurance will cover it they'll get their money and you can just leave yeah so this guy was actually, he was inspired by D.B. Cooper, and he did it. He did not get away with it. He ended up going to jail, and then he ended up, he ended up, uh, someone hijacked a helicopter to actually get him out of jail. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, it's really dope. It's a really good set of episodes to listen to. Nice. Okay, well, there's a podcast rec for y'all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess a criminal actually does something on bank heist where it was incredibly easy, easier to literally just have a handwritten note, hand it over, and then they would give you some money and you would just walk right out. I mean, maybe, hey, Allison, uh-huh. maybe, uh, nah, nah, I'm too chicken. <laughs> I'm yeah, that's chicken. that's fair. I think I, I am too. I have to talk to someone? Nah. nah. <laughs> so, 
Uh, can you explain the whole series of events with the, just the ending here, the the um, the actual bank robbery? Yeah, so Mulder is in the bank with his check, and he's waiting in line. It's a very long line, and uh, the 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 gentleman, Adam Driver, and Norman Reedus's child, uh, whose name is Bernard. He um, <laughs> Bernard Remus or Bernard Driver? Oh, good question. <laughs> or is it hyphenated? It is Bernard Reedus Driver. Um, he is uh, writing down on several envelopes that this is a holdup. Uh, please give me all your money. Um, and he just gets frustrated with it for some reason. Like, he never goes that route, and I don't know well, why. Well, I get this. I get this anxiety all the time when I have to write something, and I there's a word that I'm really not sure about spelling, and I don't have, like, a spell check or my phone by me. I get really anxious, and I see he's doing that, too. I just, my favorite thing about it is when he gets frustrated, he decides to just go for it. He sticks his gun up in the air, and he says, All right, people, you know what it is. (laughs) And that's great. If I could use that in any situation, I would. You know what it is. You know what it is. Hey, uh, what would you like, Todor? You know what it is. (laughs) A frosty, then, or... Uh, you know what it is. You know what it is. You're in bed with someone and you're like, hey, baby, what do you want to do? You know what it is. <laughs> so Mulder, uh, Mulder tries to de- defuse the situation, but he sees Scully is coming towards the doors and he tells uh, Bernard, oh, you forgot to lock the doors so no one else can come in. Uh, but it's too late and Scully comes in and then Mulder gets shot. And then Scully's like, no, and then the man blows up. Now, this part really infuriated me because Mm -hmm. I thought Mulder saw Scully coming. So I thought, well, okay, Mulder is going to see that Scully can surprise this and take, you know, have the power and actually draw her gun out and maybe shoot a leg or something. Um, But instead, Mulder decides to use Scully as like a decoy. Yeah. And says, hey, dangerous bank robber, check the door out. There's a lady over there. Why don't you go look at her and point your gun at her? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. And then he's like, I'm going to take care of this situation. Let me draw my gun out. (laughs) Uh, And that's the whole day that happens again and again and again. Now, I want to go through this second day uh briefly there is one question that mm-hmm. i have for you by this i guess this is the third time we've seen this day kind of yeah how does molder get so many holes in his bed that's a really good question uh and i don't know what he's been up to <laughs> um just got a bunch of pencils in there i guess and just like he must sleep with very highly sharpened pencils, because that's the only, that's like, it's like a pencil, someone stabbed his bed. Yeah. I don't know what he did. He just like, he's just likes to be sharp while he sleeps, I guess. <laughs> no, well, he has that thing with throwing pencils into the ceiling, right? Yeah. Maybe a pencil has to hit something for him to come. <laughs> Yuck. Because his, his, you know, his girlfriends, his past lovers have called him Pencil Dick. So yeah. maybe he's, like, connecting it that, okay, well, if I have a Pencil Dick, then I'm going to fucking shove these pencils wherever the fuck I want. And he's like, oh, it feels good. 
you've really cracked the psychology of Fox Mulder here in a way that we never have before. I also like, okay, I did laugh during the, like, putting the holes in the dike sort of situation. Mm -hmm. Like the little Dutch boy scenario. That was cute. And also Fox Mulder trying to put the pot on the holes. Yeah, that was something else. That was... It was almost as if, like, Rowan Atkinson had written this, like, visual humor uh, detente and uh, and a comedian actually, like, a, or a clown actually wrote this out for him. And then David Duchovny just did not nail the execution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see it. <laughs> it was funny of me imagining what an actual, like, good clown would do with this and what what he did with it. And the comparison... Yeah. Made me laugh. <laughs> Aww. So what makes this round special? I Like, they all kind of just blurred with me. They all kind of blurred together. Well, is this the round where we actually see Pam and Bernard in their home? Oh, yeah, Pam. Oh, yeah. Do you know who Pam is? No, who's Pam? She is Carol Burnett's daughter. Oh. Her name is Carrie Hamilton. And she was in fame oh she's dope i liked her i want to live forever i want to learn how to fly i want to learn how to fly fame so can you talk about the kind of relationship about what's going on with the with the norman Reedus type and uh uh carrie carrie hamilton Oh, can I ever? Uh, so we see them in their home, and uh, Pam, this woman who is the only person who knows this day is happening again and again and again, um, she is trying to convince this guy to do anything but go to the bank. And they have a long conversation about, like, he he's like, oh, yeah, are you going to tell me that my job will fire me if I don't go in again? And she's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. And then he's like, oh, mopping floors. What kind of life is that? And it's a real fucking Barton Fink moment. <laughs> I believe that's not the only time we have referenced Barton Fink. And I want to dig into the annals of our history to see where else we have. <laughs> It's just like any time that someone is like a TV writer and they're writing yeah. about like, uh, the little people, this is what they think. Uh, mopping floors, who'd want to do that? Because, you know, it's not like real. That's just like a writer who thinks that they're better than mopping floors. Yeah. Because people don't rob banks because they have a bad job. They rob banks because they're in a shit way. They're in debt. They owe money to someone dangerous. They're starving to death. Like, it's a desperation move. Especially if you're gonna build a fucking bomb. Yeah, that that is wild. That is a wild leap. <laughs> so, this whole day, basically, I, I don't know if you want to differentiate between twi betwixt the days. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, because I kind of, it kind of all blurred together. Basically, betwixt all these, like, different days, it's Pam slowly trying to get Mulder to change something, correct? Yeah, because every time he sees her, he remembers a little more. Yes. So she's, I don't know if she's trying to get him to change anything. I think she's, like, pretty exhausted and hopeless at this point. Yes, yeah, she's the Bill Murray in this situation, basically. Yeah. Which is weird because in Groundhog Day, it's Bill Murray who is in charge of his own fate. But it seems like Pam, it's 
her waiting around for Mulder to do something. Yeah, and I was wondering at this point in the episode, like, oh, why doesn't she care about literally anyone else that was in this bank? But she seems to think that Mulder and Skelly are, for some reason, why why things keep repeating. She thinks that they are the reason things keep repeating, and so that's why she's focusing on them. Well, maybe because they fucked it up. Well, I guess. I don't know. Did They're they? the ones. Yeah, maybe Maybe every time Pam watches fucking Mulder walk by, Pam's like, oh, here's this fucking chuckle fuck who makes the bomb <laughs> blow up. Yeah. Maybe. Like, without them, it would have been a smooth bank robbery, I would have assumed. I don't know. That guy was pretty bad at robbing banks. <laughs> <laughs> he, like... Hey, you know when you go to an event and you overdress for the event? Yeah. This is this is what what Norman Reedus driver is is working with cuz he I think carrying an active bomb into a little bank robbery might be a little more than you need. That's a little much. Just put a note in, grab your bag and get out of there. Yeah, you don't really got to do it like that, bud. <laughs> Go back to mopping floors. Or you don't want to, I understand. (laughs) So here is the kind of kerfuffle. Mulder starts to remember things. Yeah, he like, I think he realizes after Pam intervening enough, talking to Scully at the FBI, and then Mulder talks to Pam in her car because he recognizes her. Um... After that, I think he, this is the thing, is that he starts to realize what's happening during one of the days, and then as he sees that Bernard has a bomb, he says to himself, he's got a bomb, he's got a bomb, he's got a bomb, he's got a bomb, like trying to remember for the next time around. So Mulder just understands what's happening. Of course he does. Well, yeah, because he's spooky. He's spooky. He gets it. (laughs) So... Yeah, the all the agency is given to to Mueller, basically. Mm-hmm. He it's up to him to remember, it's up to him to figure it out. The first time he uh, actually is more cognizant, he actually says, "Oh no, no, no. It's um Pam visits Scully." Yeah. And says, "Hey, you and your partner shouldn't go into this bank. It's going to go wrong." And Scully tells Mulder about it, and Mulder tries to use the ATM. Yeah, But, of course, the ATM doesn't work. And then he sees Pam across the street, and he goes to talk to her. It's as if... Now, we... We we do kind of give them a hard time for believing it, but I, I don't understand why Mulder and Scully don't lean into this. Yeah? You know what I mean? Well... They just fought a fucking tentacle jellyfish monster. True, true, they, true. They saw, like, alien abductees, like, people with no faces. If a woman off the street goes to Mulder and say, hey, um, I know what's going to happen. You're going to get shot. There's going to be a bank robbery. I, out of anyone, I thought Mulder would stop everything. And yeah, no, that's like, a really good point. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just hold the fucking phone. Wait a second. What? Remember that little chess kid? Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember the chess kid. Well, Mulder stopped everything and said, no, this kid can fucking read minds. Yeah. Like, out of the fucking blue and just believed him. By the way, that chess kid is still in that nuclear reactor. Oh, he's still there with that alien. They're buddies. (laughs) They're being raised together. (laughs) Um... The other thing that I started thinking about is, gosh, a 
couple episodes ago, Diane was a fucking badass, and now we're without her again. I know. I kind of miss Diane. I kind of... <laughs> and Jeffy Spender. Eh, fuck Wait. It. Okay, I do have to ask, though. Mm-hmm. Mulder and Scully got back on the X-Files, right? Yeah. Oh, because Jeffy got shot. He got shot. I his dad remember. shot him. remember. Yeah. His dad... His dad shot him. Okay, okay. I was going to say, what happened to Jeffy? But now I remember. No, he died. Did di- <laughs> or did he? <laughs> no, you're right. We do see him in season 11. 11. Now, did anything happen to Diane? No, we don't know if, we don't know where Diane's at. We will never see her again. I think this is a- f- I think we're back on Diane Watch. Diane Watch. She's not in the zone. She's not here. Okay, well, that concludes Diane Watch. <laughs> Remember how much hope we were filled with when we saw Diane again? Oh, so much hope. Maybe they'll pook us again. <laughs> now, Courtney, round yes. about the fourth or fifth repeat of this day, something mm-hmm. catches my attention. Please. There is a woman in the bank with a white puffy shirt and a red <gasps> little loopy tie and brown what? hair and uh, around about the fourth go-round, she starts just really giving it in the panic department. Oh, the screamer. The screamer. Please don't. Please don't. Please oh don't. Oh my god, please. no! It's got a gun! Oh my god! She's giving it everything she has. She is. Now, now, as two people, well, as people who have not had a real gun pointed at them... I'm sure reactions are hard to really conceive of, um, but this reaction, honey. <laughs> it's a lot. Someone was trying to squeeze some Emmy juice out of this performance. Oh, yeah, they were. Oof. You know, I think this background act- actor basically thought, this is her big chance. She's get- This is her first lines. This is my break. So... She had two lines, actually, Allison, and what she did is just say them over and over and over again. Uh-huh. That's great. It's the background actor's loophole. It's the background actor backdoor. <laughs> They'll give you two lines, but if they can't stop you if you just keep saying them. <laughs> She's Beautiful. a genius. She's a genius. <laughs> So how does this thing all kind of come out in the wash? Oh, God. So here's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Mulder, Mulder does this thing where he keeps going into this GD bank because he thinks he can save the day because it's Mulder. And you know what? Mulder can save the day because he has for the last six seasons. No matter what we fucking do, no matter how he goofs up, he is the guy who saves the day. He's always uh-huh. right. He saves the day. And frankly, I want to die. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and then, you know, he's in that line at that bank and he's muttering to himself, he's got a bomb, he's got a bomb, he's got a bomb, and you're like, oh, of course, of course, of course. Of course, of course he remembers, of course he can will himself, he can break the whole dynamic of this whole concept, he can break it, and he can remember by itself. It's not Pam who does it, it's him. Well, you know what happens to Pam. Well, I, okay, let's go, hey, let's get in to that because is it scully who brings pam in or does pam come in by herself i think pam comes in by herself i don't remember well she's with scully yeah and so they come in and i guess pam is 
deciding that it's time, she's tired, it's time, maybe I just need to talk to my fucking boyfriend, husband, partner, yeah, I don't even I don't know, know what they are. Um, roommate, they were roommates, by the way. <laughs> and gosh, they found each other on Craigslist, and at first it was a good, it was a good fit, but then... Norman Reedus' driver started to, like, leave his dirty dishes in the sink and just would never wash it. And then she asked him to wash it, and he would strap a bomb to his chest. It's You know what? You just can't deal with people like that. You can't. (laughs) When they go straight to the bomb threat, it's just not worth it. No. But you know what? He signed the lease. That was the hard part. Oh, yeah. That is tough. You can't. Nothing you can do about that. Nothing you can do about that. Pam should have slapped a bomb to her chest, and I guess it would have been like a a detente. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So, Pam comes in. Oh, oh, no. I think I remember. Because I remember when she came in, but I don't remember. And I remember she gets shot by leaping in front of Mulder. Yeah, which is like some bullshit. By the way, why does she do, like, does Mulder fucking try to, like, mess stuff up? And Pam's like, Mulder, you're messing stuff up. No, it's just Bernard shoots at Mulder and she leaps in front of him. Why? I don't know! Was the character trait of Pam to be shot? Yeah, that (laughs) is the character trait of Pam, is that she, like, her only her death can end the hell that she was living in of this day repeating. And then Mulder's okay, so it's okay. It's such garbage. The last three notes I wrote were, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you. Wow, you fucked that up so bad. It's like, it it was so bizarre because it wasn't as if Mulder and Pam had built up this relationship. It wasn't as if we saw this development of Pam actually, like, snapping and deciding, you know, I've been sitting in this car for a long time. It's time for me to actually, like, take control and, mm-hmm. and fix the situation. There was no development. There was no, like, dynamic development there. It was literally, like, she was a Labrador retriever and the bullet was a, a tennis ball. And she's yeah. like, well, gotta go catch that. Gotta get that's for me. <laughs> it was not good. It was not well written or well conceptualized. It wasn't. And then afterwards, when Mulder wakes up and it's Tuesday, it's just like, well, everything went okay for me, Mulder. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What a shame that woman died. Oh, well. And the only thing that they kind of are, they kind of fake a sad mood by putting her picture in the paper and saying, like, woman died with a bank robbery. Like, thanks, but fuck off. (laughs) Oh, is this, like, is the X-Files, like, gonna get so bad it's gonna get good for us again? Because I did like those episodes. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, maybe. Maybe we're, you know how we go on a roller coaster? Sometimes we catch some air. Sometimes we catch some good G-forces where we do get, like, a good episode that we kind of enjoy. Um, And then they're all really bad while we go in that downward slope and then we hit this like trough where they're just so bad we love them yeah i'm desperate for some air so i hope so i'm desperate for some air i'm desperate for that trough where it's just really really bad but not in a racist or xenophobic way just in a in do you remember that cat puppet oh god yeah that was that was the good shit i pray i pray every day to see that cat puppet again (laughs) (laughs) 
or a cat puppet equivalent. Oh my god, I would love that. Okay, let's rate this fucker. Okay. I rate on a spooky scale. One is I'm going to take a nap. Five is I'll never going to sleep again. I'm going to rate this like negative affinity. Like I just, it's going to be one that I'm, it was so boring and predictable and not interesting that I am going to forget it. Yeah, that's fair. I rate on Mm -hmm. a rage scale. It goes from one, which means great up, bud, all the way to uh, my struggle part three, which is the worst episode we've watched to date. I'm going to give this an eight. Like it just sucked. God, we've been hovering around My Struggle Part 3 for a long time. Yeah, this one, like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't racist, it wasn't xenophobic, it wasn't uh, heavily, like, bad in any of those ways, but it just, like, it was it was a wasted opportunity. It was, and especially when you have, I would assume, a little bit of an homage with Tuesday with Supernatural being so ding-dong, unpredictable, and good, and actual, fu- like, funny. It was funny. And the music, the mood of Mulder's d- morning, it's supposed to be funny, but it just, it didn't hit. Mm-hmm. And when you see it for the fifth time, it's still not going to hit. And it's it was also like we're watching Mulder and Scully have that talk about free will versus determinism because the Good Place just did an episode about that and it was so awesome. Yeah. So it's like, man, you guys really whiffed it. <laughs> um, Allison, I have a personal exile for you. Yay! Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Cause we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get affected, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-File. I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Now, uh, this is a short article. Uh, and it comes from Channel 13 News Now. Mm. And I'm, I assume it's Nor- Norfolk, Virginia, but there are a lot of Norfolks. Um, I'm going to read the title of this news article. It is a short news article, Allison, but I feel like it packs the emotional punch of a war and peace. Okay. So I want you to sit down and strap in and Uh I want you to just really let this title wash over you. okay? Okay. Sailors break into bank. One found naked. Feces found on floor. Uh, now, how you doing? How you what, doing? With what that? are these sailors up to? <laughs> uh, so again, this is like this article is about three paragraphs. I gotta know more about it, but this I is need, what we know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nor- yeah, it is. Okay, Norfolk, Virginia. Two men who were found passed out in a Norfolk bank have been identified and charged by police. Mm. 23-year-old Samuel Bland, oh no, Bland, of <laughs> Norfolk, and 22-year-old Alex Ron of Torrance, California, were charged with commercial burglary and felony vandalism. Was the poop part felony vandalism? <laughs> I think so. 13 News Now has confirmed the men are sailors. Okay, I'm just going to, br- let's break down that paragraph. <laughs> One of these guys, they're, they're, they're young yahoos. They're early 20s, right? They're sailors. Mm-hmm. They, they serve on the same boat together. Yeah. Um, One is from Norfolk. One is, like, from this area. The other's from California. 
Mm-hmm. Who had this wackadoodle idea to rob a bank? I think it was the local boy, right? He knows the lay of the land. Bland? Bland knows the lay of the Bland land. Bland knows the lay of the land, I always say. And Alex Ron had a couple couple few, and he's like, yeah, man. Let's do it. But, like, now, we know in the X-Files, only janitors rob banks. Yeah. So is this just for... Do you, do you think they, like were betting each other that they couldn't do it. No, you know what it is? They're so tired of swabbing the deck. <laughs> oh, swabbing the deck is a janitorial offshoot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This all makes sense. Okay, let me move on. Kay. The next paragraph is just one sentence, and I do think we do need to get into this. Please say, one of the men was naked, and feces was found on the floor. So they were very drunk. They were very drunk, yes. But which man was naked, Allison? The Californian. The Cal... <laughs> Absolutely. He just couldn't take it? Nope. He just, like, bailed out. I need to be out. free. I need to feel the winds of Napa on my grapes. Now, where was the feces? The feces were, I assume, part of the felony vandalism part of it? You know, sometimes you're robbing a bank and you just gotta do a deuce. <laughs> Do you think, like, they thought that we have fingerprints everywhere? You know what we're going to have to do? Take a shit. Rub it all over the bank. That way the police won't want to find our fingerprints. Oh, God, that's genius. It's the perfect way to cover your tracks. Uh-huh. That's I'm, I'm going to use that. <laughs> when you do a crime? Uh-huh. Oh. A security guard at Heritage Bank at Granby Street spotted the incident and called police around 4 a.m. Tuesday morning... Allison, I think that means the bank wasn't even open. They just broke in. <laughs> they, yeah, that makes that makes sense. When police arrived, they found one of the men passed out in the lobby. The other was found naked in the office. That's incredible. Uh, police tell 13 News now that the suspects had gone through some of the drawers inside the bank, but it wasn't clear if anything had been taken. Last sentence. Police suspect alcohol was involved. Oh, God, really, you think? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Thank you for that journey. You're welcome. You know, it was only about five paragraphs, but I feel like... You really made it come to life. It was actually a better story than what we went through. Oh, my God, yes. I have so many more questions. (laughs) And, Allison, they do have the mugshots. Mm -hmm. Um... Now, I can't tell which one's which. They're exactly, if you close your eyes and picture two white guys who get drunk and try to rob a bank and rub their feces all over, they're exactly who you, you would, you would see. I got them in my mind's eye eye right now. Uh, but I do want to say, I know which one pooped because he does have a little smirk on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh boy. Okay. Um, you want to do some predictions? Yeah. It's your turn to predict. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. Oh boy. Um, so your episode is season six, episode 15, Arcadia. Hmm. All I can think about is that TV show, Joan of Arcadia. 
Yeah, that's a good show. I actually really like that show. I know. Me too. I really like that show. Uh, Arcadia. So, I know that Arcadians lived in Canada in the Maritimes. That's Acadians. Yeah, Acadians. Ar- this is Arcadia. Oh, Arcadia. Well, now I'm lost. Because I was going to guess like a swamp one when they went to New Orleans. Oh, that is um, good though. Hmm. Arcadia. So it's it's an arcade. Okay, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Tron episode. They go right into the fucking computer. Oh god, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Arcadia is a arcade and something happens when children is going missing. Mm-hmm. So kids go into this arcade and they then they go missing. And Mulder and Scully go to investigate why they have nothing better to do. And then they get trapped in the computer and have to rescue all the kids. Okay, so half point for missing kids, half point for trapped in a computer? Yeah. Nice. Um, Let's do your points, uh, because I think you did get some points, bud. Yay! So we were at two and a half and... One, one and a half? One? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Now, I think you're up to one and a half now, actually. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because you, you said Groundhog Day. You said Mulder was going to be the only one who knew, but he wasn't. Yeah, so I get, I get half a point. But that was going to be a good guess. Yeah, you get half a point. Okay, so cool. we're at one and a half and two? Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Allison, how can the Space Cadets get a hold of us? Oh, guys, if you want to get in touch with us, you can write us an email at doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at doublexfiles. That's double spelt out, D-O-U-B-L-E. And you can find us on Tumblr at fuck yeah, double X files. And we'd love to hear from you. Yes. And you know what? If you want to, you can write us a little review, Niani. Sure. sure. That's a word. Uh, you can write it on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also leave us an i uh, a review on our Facebook page too. Yeah, like someone recently did. Oh, I saw that. Wasn't great. <laughs> you know what? Someone just really likes the X Files, Allison, and really hates fucking feminine voices or non-binary people. Is cool. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. That's just life, right? <laughs> Whatever. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Okay. Yes, do those things for us. That would be very nice. Because this has been a rough, little rough ride. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, I'm done. You done? Uh-huh. Until next time, the, the truth, truth is out there. Out there. I never thought I would miss Diane so much. Oh, Diane! (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.